0: Hello, this is Lafayette Faust, creator of the Nevermore Hollows podcast. Thank you for making the show a success. Please take a moment to subscribe, give five stars, comment, and share the show with your friends. It's the best way to help us grow and to be able to continue to provide quality horror content. Also please support our new art director, Chris Madman Goins at Black Sheep Studios TN on Instagram. He has some amazing Nevermore Hollows art for sale, signed by the both of us, as well as many other original pieces I think you're going to love. Now, for you horror hounds who like to have a good laugh, I invite you to check out my other podcast, It's called The Three Uncool Cats. In it, my two friends and I sit in a basement and discuss music, movies, and whatever else comes into our warped minds. I would really appreciate it if you would give it a listen. Now, with that out of the way, I invite you to sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another Twisted Tale. As you know, I am Lafayette Faust, the historian to this creepy town of Nevermore. There are good people who live in this town. However, as you've come to see from your visits here, there are also folks who have dark hearts and tainted souls who do as they're kind or want to do. They prey upon the kinder, gentler folks. Tonight's story introduces you to three people. Justin Jones, Ian Black, and Grace Macab. It also requires a little more background than our previous stories. Justin is a good kid from a broken home who is pushed to his limit by Brandon Decker, who has been bullying Justin for years. Justin felt he had no one to turn to for help, so he attempted to release his angst in his journal, which is a valid way of dealing with the frustrations of life. But in this situation, it simply was not enough. While the journal offered temporary release, it did not offer support. Grace's father left his family for a younger woman. But Grace still had her mother and brother and Ian, her best friend, that she turned to as she dealt with her own angst. One recent morning, Justin snapped and held hostage a group of kids in the lunchroom of Hitchcock High. During that standoff, Justin shot Ian. And later that day, Justin took his own life by stabbing himself in the heart with the pen he used to write in his journal. That night, after the chaos of the day, Grace had a dreadful nightmare, by the end of which she came to understand what Justin did not. And that is, that family can be more than just biological ties. It is often in this broken world any friend or teacher or neighbor who is willing to walk alongside you and help you navigate life. It was a nightmare unlike any she had ever experienced. But judging from your visits here, you've probably already guessed that this nightmare is much more than it seems. Was it only a nightmare? Or was she transported from the seeming safety of her bed to some twisted realm? I will leave that for you to decide. So, with that question stabbed deep into your brain, I invite you to sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. Grace was running for her life. She ran as if Satan himself were chasing her. Her heart slammed so hard against her chest that it felt as if it had a life of its own and was trying to break free from its cage. She was disoriented. Terrified. She ran down a dark hallway, trying to understand where she was and how she had gotten there. She had woken up on the floor, and as she had gotten to her feet, A group of kids rounded the corner behind her. She called out for their help, but realized that something was desperately wrong with them. The way that they walked. Suddenly, one of them lurched forward and grabbed her arm. His face was pale, like the underbelly of a snake. There were dark veins squirming just under the skin. His ink-black eyes were open but devoid of any life. His hand was cold, and when Grace looked down at it, she realized it was swollen and mottled gray and black, like the hand of a man who was ten days dead. Then, in the gloom, she was able to see their faces. All were slack-jawed, black-eyed, dead things. They moved as if some puppet master pulled their strings, making them his voodoo marionettes. She screamed, tore her arm from the thing's grasp, and ran. The group of dead kids shuffled after her. No matter how hard she ran, or how slowly they shuffled, she could not gain any ground on them. They stayed just a few feet away, nearly close enough to snatch her shirt and pull her down yet far enough away that she couldn't clearly see their faces in the darkness. Grace, they croaked. Grace. She rounded a corner into a huge, dark room and suddenly realized where she was. She was at school, and she had just run into the lunchroom. The scene before her was disturbing and bizarre. The only light was gray and misty, coming from an unknown source. It cast everything in surreal shadows. Ian, her best friend, lay on the floor. His favorite hoodie, the one with the Oikos badge sewn onto it, was covered in blood. She had once asked him what that word meant. He had smiled in his whimsical way and said, "'Family.'" Oikos is Greek for family, and family is everything, Grace. Family can overcome anything, it can even defeat evil. Oh, no, Ian! Grace glanced around the room, looking for help. Justin Jones, the emo kid she sat beside in math class, stood on one of the tables a smoking gun in his right hand. The leather journal he was always writing in was in his left. He, too, was dead. An ink pen protruded from his chest, and his shirt was smeared in black blood. All the other students were sitting in their chairs at the various lunch tables as if they were in a trance. They sat, slack-jawed, with their blank stares fixed on Justin. Help me! She screamed, glancing over her shoulder at the grunting horde behind her. She now understood that she was in a nightmare. It had to be a nightmare, even though it felt viscerally real. She could still feel the icy dampness on her arm where the undead marionette had grabbed her. She grasped the door, feeling its steel weight on her fingertips. And she slammed it shut, just in time, locking the horde out of the lunchroom. The horde smashed into the door, and she felt it shudder against the onslaught. Help me! She again told herself that this was a terrible dream. But she had never had a dream where she could feel the things she touched. Or the clammy cold when dead things touched her. She could even feel her hot tears as they streamed down her face. If this was a dream, it was the most real, most terrifying one she had ever experienced. She also knew that by shutting herself in the lunchroom, she was only trading one horror for another. The undead horde, or the slack-jawed students awaiting death at the hand of whatever Justin had become. It was an impossible choice. She looked through the small glass set in the door and stared into the face of the thing that had grabbed her arm. She could see the others pushing up behind it, trying to get through the door. The dark veins in its face were moving, squirming as if alive. With revulsion, she realized that they must not be veins. Then it opened its mouth impossibly wide and a large oil black snake struck out at her against the other side of the window causing her to scream grace the thing moaned the other possessed kids cried out in unison grace she turned away and ran toward the students sitting in the room yelling at them to wake up to help her None of them moved. They only sat and stared at Justin, who suddenly wheeled around and fixed a hate-filled stare on her. Shut up, he yelled. His voice was thick as if filled with mucus. I can't stand all your pitiful yelling, you stupid girl. Grace stared at him. His face was the same shade of snake belly white as the face of the things in the hall. There were thin, writhing lines just under his skin, too. Being an emo, he wore eyeliner, and it had smeared and run down his cheeks. Now it pooled in the cleft of his chin. She realized that his right eye was slowly turning black. Finally he said after she had stopped crying. Now that you've made it, maybe we can get started. Grace didn't know how to respond to Justin's statement. She didn't know if she should. Justin waved the gun around in the air as he spoke, his dyed black hair hung down over his left eye. You see those things in the hall? He asked her. Grace nodded. She glanced over her shoulder and saw the things fighting with each other just to get a glimpse through the small window in the door. That's what we all become sooner or later, Grace. Justin scowled at the undead horde. That's what we're all destined to be. Just mindless things that consume whatever they can grab. We all become a burden to each other and to this planet. Grace didn't understand. She dared to shake her head. You don't see it, Grace? You of all people should know the truth. You're smarter than most of us here in this backwater school, in this boring little town. I see you watching these miserable wretches. I know you get it. "'Get what?' Grace said. Her voice was tiny, weak, distant. Justin threw up his hands, the gun pointing to the ceiling, pages tumbling from his journal to the floor. "'Get what?' he mimicked. He lowered the gun, pointed it at Brandon Decker, the football team's quarterback, and pulled the trigger. Instead of crying out in pain when the bullet slammed into his chest, Brandon smiled. He slumped down over the table, then slowly slid off into the floor. No! Grace screamed. Justin gave a knowing smirk, his Stygian eyes narrowing to dark slits. Gray smoke slithered from the barrel of the gun and curled around his head. Just watch he whispered just watch and you will see grace you will understand what you already know grace didn't know what Justin meant she stared at him noting that his right eye was growing darker by the moment it still reflected some of the ethereal light in the room but grace doubted it would for much longer Then, there was movement on the floor where Brandon had fallen. Turning, she saw that Brandon was starting to slowly pull himself up from the floor. He had completely transformed into one of the undead things. She saw that his eyes had turned completely black, and that the dark veins squirmed under his skin. Now do you get it, Grace? Justin asked. Do you get it? He's turning into one of those all-consuming, mindless things in the hall. He crouched down on the table, never taking his eyes off the Brandon thing. Then, in a raspy whisper, I just helped him become one more quickly. Grace could only stare at the Brandon thing. It pulled itself up onto its knees. It reached out with a death-mottled hand and... And grabbed one of the girls by the hair sitting in the next chair. It leaned in close and sniffed her face. The girl smiled. Grace turned away, her stomach churning. She saw Ian lying on the floor and moved toward him, but Justin yelled at her to stop. Turning back to face Justin, she saw he was crying. I was supposed to help them all become what they really are, Grace. I was supposed to help them change into the all-consuming beasts that they really are. I was supposed to expose their true faces to the stupid people in this town. But he stopped me. Justin pointed at Ian. Then, cat quick, he turned and shot the girl that the Brandon thing was sniffing. Grace screamed. There was a brief look of pure rapture on the girl's face before she slumped back into her chair. Ian, that stupid, goody-two-shoes stopped me! Justin shot three more kids. Each of them smiled upon their deaths. Grace could no longer scream. Cold numbness filled her veins. Her heart had stopped its attempt to escape her chest. She was cold, not only on the outside, but completely down to her soul. The kids who had been shot were beginning to twitch and squirm back to life. They were becoming. I was supposed to show their true faces to the world, Justin said, black tears screaming down his face. But he stopped me, Grace. He doesn't see what we see. He doesn't see that these people need to be exposed. He doesn't see them as a drain on the earth. He sees them as something wonderful and worthy of redemption. He doesn't think they need to die. But you do. Don't you, Grace? Grace knew that many of these kids were self-involved and mean, each of them in their own way. The vapid, pretty girls were vicious to the less fortunate and less beautiful girls. The jocks punched, slapped, and kicked the weaker boys in school. None of them respected individuality. All of them wanted to be the same. Even though she saw these kids as horrible people, she had never wished any of them dead. She looked down at Ian and noticed something amazing. He had been shot by Justin, just like the other kids, but while they were becoming dark and twisted, Ian lay on the floor with a look of peace on his face. He was pale, but not the bloated, dead pale of the undead things. In fact, she realized that there was a sort of glow around him, faint, yet unmistakable she knelt over him taking it in knowing that there was something important she was supposed to take from this scene but understanding eluded her she reached out to touch him and was overcome with a sense of something unimaginably powerful about to wash over her as her hand hovered over ian's body she felt as if she were on the shore of some vast ocean watching as an immense tidal wave towered over her ready to drench her in profound knowledge There was no fear of this tidal wave. In fact, she willed it to come more quickly, was afraid that it would somehow recede, leaving her unfulfilled and desperate. Closing her eyes, she silently begged the wave to wash over her. What does all this mean? What am I supposed to understand? No! Justin screamed behind her. DO NOT TOUCH HIM!" Grace could hear the moaning of the dead kids who had become. The undead things in the hall began pounding on the door in a frantic rage. She felt an icy presence run up behind her, and she knew it was Justin bearing down on her. He was going to stop her from touching Ian. Without looking back, she opened her eyes and reached down to touch Ian's hands. Which were placed over the seeping wound in his chest. She noticed that the bright blue patch with the Greek word oikos had grown dark with blood. Just as her hand brushed his, she was grabbed from behind and thrown down to the floor. She grasped at his sweatshirt, but lost her grip when it ripped. Immediately, when Justin and the dead things grabbed her, the feeling of the immense wave began to dissipate. Grace screamed her heart crying out as the impending tidal wave of profound understanding receded from her, leaving her cold and empty. Screaming over and over as the thick, clammy hands tore at her, she cried at the loss of the profound knowledge she had desperately hoped to receive. Grace! Someone yelled, shaking her. Grace! Wake up, honey! Wake up! Grace's eyes snapped open, and she looked into the eyes of her mother. Honey, it's just an awful nightmare. It's okay. Her mother hugged her tight, smoothing her hair and whispering in her ear. Grace clung to her mother and sobbed. She could still smell the acrid scent of gunpowder. She could feel the cold hands of the undead things clawing at her body. Then, after a moment, those things receded and her crying subsided. That's when she noticed something clasped tightly in her hand. She held up her fist, careful that her mother couldn't see, and opened her hand. In it was the blood-stained patch she had ripped from Ian's jacket. She was in shock. How can this be, she thought. She heard herself whisper, Oikos. Her mother continued to hold her tight, gently stroking her hair, and the darkness ran from grace. What did you say, Honey? What does that mean? Grace clenched the badge in her hand and hugged her mother tighter. Family, she replied. It means family.